0: From DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, this is the Superflex Super Show. Your main source for strategy, speculation, player values, and all things Superflex. With innovative strategies like QBX and the Superflex flywheel, exercises like Tenderflex, Super6, You're Nuts, and next week this week... The Super Show's super friends never lack the content you need to help you draft and manage your roster in the fastest growing fantasy football format, Superflex. On the Superflex Super Show, enjoy your DLF podcast and stay sexy and superflexy. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts,
1: Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price.
0: Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan, that's Ryan, over there is Matt, and you are with us for episode 584 of the pod. Week one is pretty much in the books, fellas. We made it football uh, football's exciting. I don't want to hear either of you or anybody else out there complaining about not scoring enough fantasy points or the football <laughs> not being that good. None of that crap. We got to watch real football with star players out there. Sure. They made some mistakes, but Matt, I, I love sitting there for seven hours of commercial free football on Sunday. It was a blast.
1: Yeah. The, the red zone slogan is emblazoned in our minds this time of year. Right. And uh, it, it, I mean, it, Sure, we can say that we didn't score as much points as we wanted to, but it was real football, like you said. We're back, and I mean, I had a blast all day long. Um, lots of new contests with 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 best ball, and of course, our Dynasty League's rolling. That's what we're here to talk about today, and uh, we got some rookies, man. Some rookies paid off big time for us today.
0: Yeah, it was certainly certainly a good day from that perspective. From those rookie perspectives, you could probably say a good day from some star players <laughs> Tyreek Hill uh as well. But um Ryan, I know you were watching closely. You got How'd your day go, buddy?
2: Well, you said not to complain, so uh it was uh, <laughs> It no, it it really was great to have football back. I mean, I was just thinking uh earlier in the morning about you know we get to watch all these guys today cuz you know we we've seen a few of them sprinkled throughout the preseason and um i mean we've we've all been studying up and watching clips and doing everything we can but to get to see all the guys and all uh, uh, every everybody we care about basically uh on one day it was exciting and uh, so many of those guys showed up for us and and uh, made it a great day
0: yeah, and it really all kicked off on Thursday night. We're going to get a chance to talk about a player or two out of that game. But I'm on Ross St. Brown with the early touchdown. Mahomes came through for everybody. Sure, there's the the disappointments that came this week, the injuries to Kelsey and Andrews, among others, that we weren't able to put in our lineup. But, man, it, I just I loved the Thursday night game. Sunday was even better just because there's so much action happening. And like you said there, Ryan, Guys that we haven't seen play. Austin Eckler was on the field a lot. Tyreek Hill, obviously, on the field a lot. These guys we hardly saw or didn't even see in the preseason, and they came through for us big time. Uh, We're going to talk about a lot of the guys that came through for us. We'll talk about a lot of the disappointments as well. We're going to mix in some rookie talk. But first, got to mention that uh, episode 584 of the DLF – Dynasty Podcast is brought to you by League Tycoon. And if you haven't heard about or checked out League Tycoon, I recommend you do so. It's the it's my new favorite platform to play salary cap fantasy football. And I, I just joined the league. I've talked about it on the last couple of shows. This week, I got I got introduced to their live scoring and setting lineups. I also got introduced to setting contracts for my players. That was a lot of fun right up until kickoff of the opening game. Um, just to give you a little bit of background on the team uh, th- this team is built to try to win some games right away I'm on St. Brown Amari Cooper and Kelvin Ridley on the roster um, to be those stud wide receivers also added Nick Chubb and Damian Pierce to be those two workhorse running backs although Pierce didn't get that kind of workload on Sunday and then we built around the quarterbacks it's Deshaun Watson it's uh, it's um, Daniel Jones, and then Jordan Love. We, we got some depth with Brandon Ayuk and Drake London, so some some give and take uh, with Sunday's performances there. The contract-giving um, uh, page on on Tycoon.com is so much fun. There's pressure on you to make good decisions. Salaries go up with every year that you add to every player. We had a rough rough call, me and Ryan, trying to choose – who would get that five-year contract. And we ended up giving it to Romeo Dobbs because he was so, so cheap. Well, that looked awful good on Sunday with a couple of touchdowns, even though he's got a hamstring. We're going to talk about a lot of the players on this team, including Brandon Ayuk, who helped us get a win, including Amon Ross St. Brown, who helped us get a win, including Calvin Ridley, who helped us get a win. But uh, let's get to the show here. We're talking rookies. We're talking disappointments. we got a lot of other stuff to cover as well. Let's hit the button. the startup should have mentioned there league tycoon.com use the promo code DLF and get your first uh first team for free over there league tycoon.com their app is amazing the startup this week we have to start it really should be Tyreek Hill but Matt it's really the Miami Dolphins offense picking up really where they left off pre-tua injury last year when when tua was an MVP candidate right he was he looked like he was the he was the engine in that offense, delivering the ball to Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Of course, Tua just threw the ball all over the place, 28 for 45 on Sunday against the Chargers in L.A. The Dolphins get the win, 36 to 34. He goes over 450 yards, throws three touchdowns, including two to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek goes 11 for 215 in those two scores, Matt. If you had Tua, if you had Tyreek, if you had those two stacked in your dynasty lineup th- this week, you started off one and all.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, t- you you can't even like say anything about this. Like he says that he's going to go out and he's gonna he's going to catch two thousand yards this season. He, it looks like nobody can stop him right now. I mean, the, the the Chargers aren't the toughest defense, but they've got some great defenders back there on, in the secondary, and it just didn't matter for these two. And with Tua. You know the he's been flirting with that like right around that French quarterback one range in dynasty really for you know, the, the last three, two, three years. Right. And the concern has always been the concussion, but when, when he's healthy, like there's no doubting that this offense is incredible with those two speedsters and Tyreek Hill and Waddle. we didn't even have a chain out there today. The running, the running game was a bit muted. Once that gets going, like it, it just feels impossible to stop this offense as long as all of these three are healthy. And because it's so concentrated, it's just incredible for fantasy.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, Kind of the same thing that you look at their key players, and their key players are really just these three guys, right? Tua, Tyreek, and Waddle. Uh, we like that running game, but as uh, as Matt said, didn't really get going on Sunday. But um, you know, Tua and Tyreek were both interesting stories this off season because we saw them uh, lose a little value. We saw. Uh, certainly to uh, fall down the ranks. His his ADP was dropping pretty consistently and steadily throughout the off season as there was concern about his health. And, you know, there was even retirement talk uh, thrown around. Uh, But, but here we are. And and now that we're uh, we're watching real football, we're submitting lineups. This is really all that matters is what they're doing on the field right now. And um, both of these guys uh, Hill and, and, Tua, especially, deserve to to be moving up rankings. If if we're making updates this week,
0: yeah, the fear, of course, attached to Tua is the are those head injuries that he suffered last year, and really cost cost him a chance at having that MVP caliber season because he wasn't able to get on the field in the second half. But as I said in the open. They picked up right where they left off. It was, it was all vertical passing. They, they, of course, set up that with, with the running game, which really wasn't all that successful um, on a down-to-down basis, but just did enough to give Tyreek that, that room to get deep. Now, there's, a, there's probably a lot of dynasty managers right now, Ryan, that are looking at the box score or maybe coming off of watching that game and thinking, wow, that, that's impressive. But, but the guy I picked was Jalen Waddle. He goes four catches, 78 yards on just five targets. Meanwhile, Tyreek gets his 15 targets. If you're a waddle manager right now, you're probably down in the dumps, but the performance that they put on the field, speaking of the Dolphins, has to give you, give you some kind of pause and, and give, you, give, you, uh, give you some feeling that, that waddle's going to be just fine in the long run. And if your down game is four for 78, you, that's, that's not too bad
2: yeah i wouldn't worry about waddle i mean the the upside of this offense is is what was really on display on sunday uh putting up uh 36 points uh, this team scored 30 or more uh points in an nfl game five times last year so to to do it and kick it off on on week 1 against another solid opponent um yeah that that just makes you feel good about the entire offense and again the theme is it, it's really these three these three guys that are going to share the the whole pie. Uh, you know, Mostert will probably get in there. Maybe a chain later in the season. We'll we'll see what happens with that running game. But as far as the passing game, it's basically going to hill or waddle unless uh, River Craycraft uh, keeps stealing uh, end zone end zone targets. Yeah, the <laughs> interesting
0: five targets caught three of them for forty yards and that third touchdown that to a through. That was that was maddening because everybody was waiting for that to to go to either Tyreek or Waddle, of course. They really spread the ball out outside of Tyreek's fifteen targets. Lots of guys with five, six, seven targets in the game. And as I mentioned, that running game, a lot of dynasty managers plugged in Raheem Mostert into the flex, just ten carries for thirty-seven yards. He scored, but that running game didn't look all that impressive. It was it was really an old fashioned shootout though with the Chargers who you know, we were kind of glancing over, but Austin Eckler was awesome. Sixteen for one seventeen and a score. Keenan Allen provided six catches for seventy-six and had a touchdown taken away. Herbert was was really ho hum, just two hundred and twenty-eight passing yards and a touchdown. But it was all about that Dolphins offense and and Tua and and Hill really.
1: One one interesting thing about Tua, like we've seen how good he can be. I mean, we already kind of knew it. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be good, right? But we still, it still feels pretty difficult from a dynasty value perspective to get him, you know, into that that that. If you want to still call the first tier, Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts, it feels even difficult to get him in that second tier, right? Like we have Richardson above him. I think we could probably safely put him a, a, above Dak at this point. Watson, like he has he had good fantasy numbers, but I wouldn't call it a good game from Watson today. And then Fields, uh, you know, can we get Tua into that top eight range amongst Dynasty quarterbacks? It it feels hard even with his incredible performance today.
0: The yeah. the main takeaway, of course. Oh, go ahead, Ryan.
2: I was I was just going to agree. Um I, I, I suggested he should be moving up rankings uh Watson is is the main guy I would uh suggest pushing him over um you know depending on what rankings you're looking at what ADP you're looking at maybe uh the rookies like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are ahead of him as well so uh those are likely easy moves if you've got that win now team but I mean we've seen this for years with other players I mean Brandon Cooks comes to mind once yeah. they once they get to that uh that status of one injury away from, from career being over, they're never going to regain, fully regain value. And that's going to keep Tua out of the top tier, likely out of the second tier, probably for the rest of his career, honestly. Yeah, especially if he has
0: any even close to scares moving forward. You mentioned Deshaun Watson. Watson looked kind of shaky on Sunday. They got the win, a big win, of course, 24-3. to 3 over the Bengals, but Watson was erratic throwing the ball, looked a lot like he did late last season after getting into Cleveland in that offense. 154 yards and a touchdown through that interception, saved his day with 45 rushing yards and a touchdown on the ground, but really did it with bells and whistles and didn't stand in the pocket and make plays, which is what I think the Sean Watson managers were hoping he would do. Good call there. I think Tua over Watson is the correct way to go. Let's get to our rookie report. It's time for the Rookie Report. Yeah, and we were going to mix in some rookie disappointments, but we'll save that for the veterans that we'll get to here in a minute. We got to talk rookie studs, and there are a lot of ways to go to start this off, Matt. But, man, we got to start with Puka Nakua. You got him in your third round of your rookie draft. You got him in the fourth round. Maybe you picked him up off free agency in some dynasty leagues out there. 10 catches, 119 yards. He didn't score, but he should have. He had chances to score and nearly did. 15 targets for Puka Nakua. Like, Cooper who?
1: I mean, yeah. If he gets on back on the field or stays on the field, obviously, when, when Cooper Cup comes back, this is really exciting. Tutu Atwell showed out. Uh, we don't want to talk about him, though. I told you guys uh, when we talked about Puka Nakua in the rookie report, he means no worries for the Los Angeles Rams, and uh, I mean he. I mean th- he was the entire offense, right? Outside of Tutu doing a few things, Kyron Williams surprising for this offense as well today. Uh, but but it ran through Puka. Like I did. Did anyone? Could anyone possibly see 15 targets for? For this guy, uh, coming out of a small school and and not much draft capital, like it's it's just a fantastic story. We saw the ability, we saw the versatility of him in college, and it's come to 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 fruit here in the NFL. Uh, so uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens once Cup does return. As these guys do a lot of the same things, but I mean, the Rams today they they shocked me. I feel like they probably shocked most people.
0: Yeah, they shocked the dynasty. Dynasty world, really, with how they performed in general. Winning that game 30-13 to over Seattle. Seattle, a big favorite. They were taken a lot in, like, survivor leagues and things like that. Stafford looked good, went over 300 yards. Did not throw a touchdown, but they dominated uh, time of possession in this game. They, They ran the ball 40 times, just 92 yards, but scored three touchdowns with Cam Akers and Kyron Williams. Puka Nakua, really, Ryan, was that underneath threat that got deep a couple of times he got over the top and had opportunities for big plays you could have seen like 12 for 180 in a touchdown or something yep. like that if puka naku if if him and stafford could have connected i imagine they're going to work on that and and this isn't the last time we're going to talk about puka making a splash for dynasty managers hopefully next time we all have them in our lineups though
2: well, I had him in in my lineup today, uh, mostly out Ooh. of desperation, uh, but uh it that that one worked out. Um but yeah, I mean if anybody should have this guy on your roster, it's uh it's the three of us and our listeners. Uh we've all been fans of his game uh throughout the the offseason, throughout the pre-draft process and uh continued to talk about how crazy that that low rookie AD, uh, ADP was or that late rookie ADP. So uh, all of that said, yeah, this was still a surprise. You know, you you would think with with Cooper Cup out that they would rely on Higby, Van Jefferson, even Atwell, who's been there for a couple of years. So to see Nakua step up and and really get the opportunity to step up with all those targets in game one, it's it's certainly uh, in- encouraging moving forward. And, and of course the other big news of the weekend prior to game starting is that uh Cooper cup was placed on the IR. So he's out for three more weeks at least, or three more games at least. And, uh, that's again, just going to be more opportunity for Nakua.
0: Yeah, he looked good. I, uh, you mentioned you started him. I traded for him in one league this morning, right before Ooh. games kicked off. So as a throw-in, it felt good. Uh, next guy, a little bigger name here, Bijan Robinson. Ten carries for fifty-six yards, but six catches for twenty-seven. Made a defender look silly. A couple more just ran through before you know piling into the end zone. Matt Bijan just did Bijan stuff.
1: I mean, my God, that first touchdown where he Mm -hmm. lines up in motion, goes out wide and like just that first defender had no chance. And then he runs through two other, like, it's just not fair. And the fact that he only got 10 carries and put up this kind of fantasy numbers for us and, you know, uh out touched by by Tyler Algier, which is 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 annoying, but it doesn't matter. This running game is so good, uh certainly at the at the expense of the passing game. Uh, but uh not for Bijan. Uh six 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 catches, six targets, led the led the team in, in targets. Uh he's the he's the offense, man. The running game is the offense. Ritter threw the ball 18 times, the volley concerns are still there. Uh, it's, it's going to be more of the same as last year, but better, right? Bijan, Bijan's there.
0: Yeah, and Algier is no slouch, right? 15 no, carries, 75 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. Also got involved as a pass catcher, 3 for 19 there. Certainly going to be useful moving forward. Ryan, another player that's very useful, Zay Flowers. He was the little engine that could in that Ravens offense. They found creative ways to get the ball in Zay's hands. Nine catches, 78 yards on 10 targets. He also got the ball as a runner a couple of times. And Zay Flowers looks like the player you want on your on your roster uh, in Baltimore.
2: Absolutely. Uh, you know, there was, I guess, some question about how that depth chart would shake out because you've, you've got Andrews and obviously did not play on Sunday, but we know he's that reliable target. Um, and, and then kind of the unknown really of of Odell Beckham plus uh, Rashad Bateman, along with Zay Flower. So what kind of, what would that pecking order be? I think was one question we talked about unanswered questions leading into the season, Last week, I believe, and um, maybe there's still some uncertainty there as as Beckham comes back from injury, Bateman comes back from injury, and and uh, and Andrews himself did not play, but I mean, Zay Flowers showed out, and he was he was definitely the go to receiver for Lamar Jackson, and was so impressive after he got the ball. Um, And you know, if you watched him in college, if you watched any of his uh, film or clips during the, during the draft process, you, you saw that in college as well. And, and he was able to continue that on the field, uh, in, in his NFL debut. So very exciting. Um, a player, you know, a player I was really excited about before and and now feel feel that way even more so
0: yeah it really validates what we felt about zay flowers going all the way back to the end of his college career and and throughout the pre-draft process lamar jackson through just 22 passes of course like i said 10 of those targets go to zay flowers odell beckham jr and rashad bateman the other two outside receivers just three targets each a couple of catches for beckham for 37 uh, bateman caught all three of his for 35 yards matt I'm sure you watched the Packers game. Uh, if there was one bright spot for the Bears, it was probably Roshan Johnson. Looked pretty good in that backfield. Looked like the most dynamic running back on their roster. Five carries for 20 yards, scored a late touchdown in the game, but showed a lot of power. He was also very active as a pass catcher, particularly late in that four-minute offense. Six catches for 35 yards. It, like I said, silver lining for Bears fans. Dynasty managers for sure. Roshan Johnson, you could see a path to him earning a bigger workload relatively quickly in Chicago.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's even from from the first game. I think it's clear that he's the best kind of all-purpose back for them, right? We, we we knew coming in what what we knew about him coming in. What he was very good in the pass block game. He showed that at a couple of nice blocks on on Packers pass rushers, uh, and he, he tied for the team lead in targets with seven with uh, with Mooney and Comet, uh, and and was the, t- the the reception leader for the team. So, uh, you know, it's uh, Khalil Herbert and Deonta Foreman still got four. 15 carries total cleo herbert had had three catches and 37 pass uh, receiving yards as well so these guys are all going to be involved but it does seem like they're like roshan you know has an inside track uh at some point this season especially if he keeps up that pass block because lord knows that justin field needs it
0: yeah justin fields needs it that offensive line struggled for sure and roshan Average four yards a carry. Khalil Herbert on his nine carries averaged just three yards. And Foreman on his five cards just three carries 3.2 yards. All of them were involved as pass catchers, though. So if somebody gets gets a line on a, on a true workhorse load or even a, a 60% of that backfield, uh, we could have a fantasy RB2, and and we all hope it's Roshan Johnson. Ryan, one of our guys here on the pod is Jordan Addison, right? Mm-hmm. Four catches, 61 yards, caught his first career touchdown, just six targets, but really made the best of what he had there. Looked really good, was running free in the secondary for the touchdown. But outside of that even, looked good separating uh, and, and, uh, and made a few plays for the Vikings on limited snaps.
2: Yeah. I would say it, I would say it's, it was a disappointing day for the Vikings. Um, You guys as as Packers fans were probably not too upset to see that, but (laughs) um, that's, that's a game that uh, that you would have thought they would have won. Um, But yeah, Addison, a bright spot, you know, there was, there was Mm -hmm. thought that maybe he would start the season behind KJ Osborne in that wide receiver two role. Uh, I think they, they had similar numbers and yeah they did have similar numbers and targets and and receptions but obviously uh Addison made the most of his with the touchdown and uh you know honestly just looked more explosive way more explosive than Osborne who's no slouch himself so yeah Addison quickly claiming that wide receiver 2 job i mean still still going to be penciled in behind Jefferson and Hawkinson so i think we need to uh you know, be careful with that situation. He's not a guy I would look, look at as a locked in starter moving forward, but certainly really excited about the upside.
0: Uh, The last rookie we wanted to highlight here, Matt, Anthony Richardson, 24 for 37 passing. He goes over 200 yards, throws the touchdown. He has a pick, but 10 carries for 40 yards. And a rushing touchdown had the injury scare that took him off the field around the goal line. He really could have had a lot bigger game if he if he plays those two or three plays that Gardner Minshew got on the field down there inside mm-hmm. the five. Um, I think that that opens up just a tiny window in in some fantasy players, not dynasty players, of course. Not exactly knowing how good Anthony Richardson is because mm. I, I really do think he scores uh, probably another rushing touchdown in the, inside the five there. It doesn't matter for dynasty because we all know what we have there, but I I would say that's a, that's a pretty good first showing for Richardson.
1: I mean, yeah, absolutely. Was he the, I think he was the quarterback five, quarterback six. I think after the morning games, he was quarterback one or two. So uh, you can't ask much more than that from him. He, He did everything that we, we thought he could do both in terms of, you know, some sharp passes, especially uh, through the middle of the field, Josh Downs had a couple of really nice catches from him up the seam. And then we saw some, you know, not so good throws. We saw one to the outside on the right side of the field where Kylan Granson really bailed him out. There the, the yeah. was a short pass and he got bailed out by Granson going just up to get that it. ball. Yeah, <laughs> he did. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, but but there were the, the bright spots were there. All of the things that we loved about him were there. All of the rushing upside, we saw him truck several defenders, just knock him on the ground. And even on that play where he got hurt, uh, I, I almost feel like the defender got the worst of that impact. Uh, and like you said, if he had got a second rushing touchdown in there, I mean... The, what I just don't know what more you can ask for this guy. You have to be exceedingly happy whether or not uh, you're a competing team this year and, and lucked into getting him or trading for a, an early pick to grab him in a, in a super flex format, or uh, even if you're a rebuilding team and he's sitting on your taxi so he's not accumulating points so that you can get Caleb Williams next year. You have to be ecstatic no matter what if you have Anthony Richardson.
0: Ryan, Richardson looked good. You know, we all knew coming in that we're there are going to be some growing pains, right? There, there were going to be erratic throws. He likes to laser five yard passes yeah, when, yeah. when, like, <laughs> like on that one that Matt's uh, talking about there. That should have been a lob right in front of Granson where you could turn up and make a play running. But, uh, you know, there's some work to do, but there's certainly so much to work with here with Richardson. And if you have him on a, especially a super flex team, you got to be thrilled with what happened in week one.
2: Yeah, you're you're feeling very confident, I would say, especially uh in comparison to Stroud and Young, who were both, you know, just okay, I would I would say at best. Um Richardson's kind of been that that QB one among those three uh since draft day. So I, I think he he showed us why today. Um the announcers, you know, when he took that hit, the announcers pointed it out that He's got to slide. He's got to protect himself. And I mean, you pretty yeah. much always hear that uh, when it comes to a, a running quarterback. But to have that to have that kind of scare on, on the first play or I'm sorry, on the uh, the first game of your career, it, it, it gave me a little scare. And I don't even have him on too many rosters. So, yeah, he's going to be a guy we want to see on the field as much as possible well he he runs a little like Cam Newton, where yep. he's
0: seeking out that contact sometimes and he's looking to to dole out some punishment and those kind of con- those those kind of runners they tend to get banged up sometimes so so there'll be a learning curve there for sure. we certainly want him to stay healthy. You mentioned bryce young and c j Stroud mixed bag for those two quarterbacks. Young did find the end zone through that touchdown pass, but just 20 for 38 passing Stroud 28 for 44. He had to air it out quite a bit, a little bit of rushing for each of them. Some other disappointing rookies, Uh, Zach Charbonnet, just three carries for 11 yards. There'll be better days for him as he was just getting his feet wet uh, in that Pete Carroll uh, scheme there. Jameer Gibbs, A lot of dynasty managers were disappointed on Thursday night. Maybe with the stat, seven for 42. He had that 18-yard run where he looked dynamic. Wasn't used that often in the passing games. We got to be real patient with Jameer Gibbs. Uh, That could come as soon as week two. JSN, three for 13 on five targets. His stat line might look like that in year one. Uh, And then Johnston down there. Uh, with the Chargers, just two catches for 9 yards on three targets. We're we're going to preach patience with all these rookies, but especially these first rounders. More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best views of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com NFL.
2: cash stash
0: or future trash yeah we, we're gonna we're gonna go through some disappointments we, we mentioned the the rookies there but there are a handful of veterans that need to be brought up here as well and we got to start things off right away ryan with cadarius tony from well really let's talk about both these chiefs uh wideouts. Kadarius cadarius tony Three drops really cost the Chiefs that game, that football game. Yes. That interception was completely on him. He, he had five targets, just one catch for one yard, negative rushing yards, those three drops. And then Sky Moore working out of the slot. I, wa- I was watching him closely. I thought there was a chance that maybe there'd be a year two breakout for Sky Moore. And he struggled so bad to get any kind of separation could not find any space in the middle of the field got four targets uh i believe he had a drop as well if i remember correctly they, they forced a carry for him he got four yards on that these two guys are both the really premium draft assets right Kadarius tony was a first rounder uh sky moore was a second rounder we had high hopes for these guys and and the lack of pass catchers on the outside ryan for the chiefs cost them that football game particularly tony and sky Moore.
2: yeah absolutely um you're right that Tony cost, uh, cost the chiefs, the game, but after the, the drops he had the, I mean, you know, just the terrible plays, especially the, the one that led to the pick six, I can't believe they went to him essentially with the game on the line I right know, in the middle of the field. I know, man. So yeah, Tony cost them the game, but he, at that point he shouldn't have been on the field. I know there, are, I know there are limited options in that receiving core, especially with Kelsey out, but. I was shocked that he got another chance, uh, another target, which he also dropped. So um, yeah, we're playing cash stash or future trash here. And, and these are pretty two easy calls. Tony to me has been, has been trash for a couple of years. Uh, and he's, he's continued to show that uh, Moore, I did have some hope for, uh, but you know, if you can't show up in, in that kind of game, with that limited receiving core where the it's basically wide open for somebody to make some plays, then I'm, I'm ready to move on even after one week. I, I said, I wasn't going to do that last week, but these guys have, have a history. <laughs> they, they've already shown us. They can't get it done. Like, I think it's there's just, a narrative out there for sky
0: Moore that maybe he could be better as that slot receiver with Kelsey on the field, taking away all that attention uh, from those middle of the field, defenders, safeties and linebackers, of course, but that was a real ugly showing, Matt. He he really struggled to get any kind of space. And you know Mahomes was looking for him in the middle of the field.
1: I, I mean, it's just with – there was nothing. There was no nothing in either of these guys' ways. Both of them could have become superstars on Thursday night. And both of them – just completely disappointed in every possible way. The thing that keeps pulling you back in with Kadarius Tony, he only ran 12 routes, but was targeted on five of those for a 42% uh, target rate. Like that is like that. Like they want him to be a thing so bad, even if it's in limited opportunities when he's on the field, they want to get him the ball. But how long does that last? I mean, I just it's it's like you know one of these weeks it's gonna burn us. Like he was he balled out in the Super Bowl, right? That's why we that's what drew us back in. And then we were out uh, again with all of the uh, let me but drew some of us back in a little bit. And no drew Dan back in. No, but, I was like,
2: I was I was questioning the balled out. I mean, if they really wanted him to be a thing, wouldn't they give him ten targets instead of two? Wouldn't they give him would fifty snaps instead of fifteen? Yeah. Like if they could trust him, he would be out there more.
0: The, the lone bright spot for really in that game, I would, I would say for the chiefs was rookie Rashi rice. I almost included him in that rookie stud segment, but, but I wanted to bring a little bit of light to this segment. Uh, Rice, three (laughs) catches, 29 yards. He caught that touchdown five targets in the game. Uh, Looks like there might be something there. So we'll see how that progresses. Of course. Andy Reid doesn't want to, doesn't like using those rookie receivers. We'll see if he breaks that rule moving forward. Let's go to a sophomore receiver. It's Traylon Burks, and then his sophomore teammate, tight end Chigo Conquo. Burks two catches for 18 yards. Also had a carry for nine yards. And then Chigo Conquo, he could have caught a touchdown if things shake out his way uh, on a deep target he got, but he got the donut. Zero catches, no yards, no touchdowns. Obviously on two targets. Matt, these Titans receivers, it looked like the, like Tannehill was just pushing the ball to his all-pro receiver and, and, and one that we, we've loved in the past with Hopkins. But there was room for Burks or Oconquo to make a dent in this game as well, and they just weren't able to do so.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Saints defense is really, really good, I think. So I mean, you have to you have to have that in in the context of this. But Ryan Tannehill is just he can't overcome the, a good defense anymore. Why are we still doing this Ryan Tannehill experiment? He probably I guess gives them the best chance to win. But after today, can we still see that? Uh, just, can we see one of the other two guys leading this offense? Uh, like on a full time basis, not just as a spotter. It, it you say that it's too early, but what do we have to lose with Ryan? I mean, Ryan Tannehill's out there throwing three interceptions. Are those guys going to throw less or more than three interceptions? Maybe, but they're not going to throw seven. Maybe they'll throw four interceptions. I just it's it just really frustrating to see some of these offensive pieces ready to produce. That Conco, like he was, what would that have been a seventy five yard touchdown down the sideline, yeah. and Tannehill just missed him. Like Burks in, in similar situations, He only had three targets today, but he was open way more than that. So just a frustrating situation with this offense. Derrick Henry was, was pretty good, uh, for, for what he is, you know, but the rest of this offense, it, it, it all comes down to Tannehill's play. I really think that. Mm. I think,
0: I think it's a little bit unfair. I, that offensive line is poor. It is bad. And Tannehill was under pressure. You mentioned Henry 15 for 63 on the ground and he was hitting the backfield almost every time he got the ball. So, you know, I, I think they're, they have a lot of work to do there in Tennessee. I last thought here, I was watching the game with my 11 year old son and he goes, he says to me that quarterback, he's real mid. So, <laughs> and I, I think that's about as nice a thing you could have said about Ryan Tannehill on a three interception day. Uh Let's get to some other disappointments here. And they come from Baltimore. The first one comes from, uh, it comes from Lamar Jackson guys, 12 of 22 yeah. passing 169 yards through the pick had an ugly fumble, just six carries for 38 yards. His fantasy his fantasy day wasn't even mid, Ryan. It was rough there for Lamar Jackson. If you had him in your on your lineup, uh he didn't do you many favors on Sunday.
2: No, and everybody had him in their lineups. I mean, this was uh by many uh sites and projections, uh he was expected to be the QB1 this week against that mm-hmm. Houston defense and uh the of course the the revamped uh Ravens offense that we've heard so much about that uh maybe maybe Lamar runs less and uh airs it out more and i would say we kind of saw uh we saw the the worst of both ends of that didn't necessarily um have a huge passing game in fact did not have a huge passing game but also ran uh just six times and at one point uh, again the announcers pointed out that uh I, th- I think this was around uh it was either late in the late in the first half early in the second half they pointed out that he had zero designed runs at that point um, so that's, that is not good for Lamar Jackson and his fantasy upside, obviously. Um, yeah, just, just a really ugly game. Lamar's typically a player who gets off to a hot start and then kind of cools down, uh, as the season wears on. So this is, this is a little worrisome, but, uh, I, th- I think Mark Andrews will be back next week. Uh, I don't know about that running game. I know we're going to talk about that in a moment.
0: Yeah, we got to talk about that for sure. But before we do, I do want to say with Lamar, it is a brand new offense, it is a brand new offensive coordinator, a lot of changes in Baltimore, and we need to get let him get his legs before we we write him off or anything like that. We still value him as a top five uh, dynasty quarterback at this point. His teammate, though Matt J.K. Dobbins, this this one's not really performance related. The disappointment, it's really uh, obviously the injury, right? He had eight carries, just twenty two yards, but scored that touchdown. We've had we've had a lot of discussions about J.K. Dobbins just here in the last year, year and a half, and we've we've gone up and down, right? It's it's been a roller coaster ride with J.K. This injury, though. It seems serious. I don't think anything's one hundred percent confirmed, but J.K. Dobbins is not going to be a part of your dynasty roster for a while.
1: No, I mean it's over. He's he's if ever, the defi- right. No, it's over. It's the he's the definition of a roster clogger. He probably was you know, two years ago, or at least last year, right? It just, he's, he, the the talent was just so obvious when he was on the field, even with that gimpy leg last year, over five yards of carry. And we just, it's just, you you think the setup is perfect, you know, maybe not in terms of getting receptions, but with that offense, with Lamar Jackson uh, pressuring defenders and, and not knowing which one of them is going to run the ball was just opening up lanes for Dobbins. And he was capitalizing, uh, on them early in his career but the injuries it, it, it's over I mean maybe he comes back in two years and is you know is he is he Deonta Foreman in two years like even if that's the case are we really going to keep him on our roster you're obviously going to stash him on your IR for this year but next next offseason man if there's any good news like anything just I you just have to get him off your roster for for almost anything at this point I I, I believe with these running backs that
0: suffer this kind of Achilles injury, they, they even if they do get and back to any kind of
1: starting form, it's not the same kind of player. And if it's the, I haven't seen which leg it is yet. If it's the same leg as the Achilles and the was it an ankle before that? Like if it's the same leg, like with all three of those injuries, like it's just it's over, man.
0: Let's talk about the donut, Ryan, because there's a few of them out there, and I <laughs> I actually saw a couple screenshots with all three of these. Dallas Goddard no catches on one target. T Higgins, no catches on eight targets. Should have probably scored a touchdown, but his quarterback Mm. looked like he hadn't got much work and was a little rusty all preseason. And then Drake London, this one's really hurts. No catches, eight targets for him either. These guys, can you imagine having a dynasty roster today and nothing from three spots, three star players, really?
2: Yes, there's certainly high expectations for all three of those guys. And I mean, Goddard and T Higgins, two of the best offenses in the league, two players that we would look at as, uh, as pretty safe and reliable with, with big time upside. And even with the, the tight end troubles, Kelsey and, and Andrew's being ruled out before their games, there was a lot of talk about Dallas Goddard potentially being the, the tight end one this week, the top scoring guy. And, and here we are. Um, I, you know, uh, again, like I said, I'm, I said last week, I wasn't going to to do this panic uh, and I'm not going to do it with Dallas Goddard or T Higgins. That I think they'll both be fine. Uh, both their teams struggled a little bit or, or in, at least in the Bengals case, quite a bit compared to what we expected. Um, but I, I think both those players will be fine. I'm worried about Drake London. I'm worried about that Falcons passing offense. What we saw on Sunday was exactly what we should have expected to see. Um, And I mean, Drake London's not going to put up goose eggs every week, but he's also not going to be a a reliable fantasy starter.
0: Last guy we have to talk about here in the disappointments, Matt, is DeAndre Swift, the Philadelphia running back, just one carry for three yards. and, And he had one catch, but didn't gain a yard on that one. Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch. Kenneth Gainwell had 14 carries for 54 yards. If, if that's the kind of production you're getting from Gainwell, which is really what we probably expected as football watchers, and Swift can't get on the field, it's not looking good for DeAndre Swift.
1: Yeah man I was late in the in the off season I was kind of getting back in on Swift a little bit as that price went down on 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 underdog specifically I was getting a couple of shares and then you hear that Rashad Penny's a healthy scratch and you feel like okay let's go DeAndre Swift is going to get some touches and then it just it just doesn't happen and I I I get the New England run defense is probably really pretty good but, I mean, this is just – this is a new low for DeAndre Swift. I don't know how you come back from here. Like, when are you going – If even if he comes back and has a good game next week, are you going to feel comfortable starting him in week three? Like, I just – like, can what can we get from this guy at this point? Can we get, can we get a second?
0: I, I think
2: I'm
1: out for a second.
2: <laughs> I think you can get a second. You should take it,
0: if I it seems like to me, second. Ryan. You taking a second for him right now? You got to take a second, right?
2: I would take a second, but I, I think you can he got traded that. for
0: a fifth round pick and then got a handful of snaps in the first game when they needed to throw the ball. And he's supposed to be the pass catching white or runner. That that's not a good sign we might be on the road to healthy scratch for Deandre Swift at some point, And that's, that's scary. That's enough disappointment talk. Let's uh, let's talk about something that somebody that went up in value, somebody that surprised you, somebody that you, that you've been, on board with all year long and they came through for you in week one, it looks like they're going to break out or, or maybe just started a breakout and surprised you, Matt, is there somebody out there that that you just want to highlight at the end of the show here?
1: Um, I mean, not because he had a good game, I will say, but I guess there's two, there's two guys. I'm going to throw oh, out two no. guys here. One is going to be Kyle pitch. You know, it's got to be oh. Kyle pitch. three what? targets, but he caught two of them. One was a beautiful, Thirty-four yard catch where he split two defenders. Adjust oh, the, the ball. offensive
2: pass interference one. Oh, come on, stop! That it. was very close. That was very come close. To OPI. I mean, it, why would you? Well, I just,
1: I just can't. I just can't with this offense that spends two top eight picks on London and Pitts and doesn't use them. But the guy I really wanted to highlight again is not very exciting. But it was really nice to see that 31-yard that catch down the sideline from Rondell Moore where he put that shoulder in the defender, finished okay. the play. I mean, it's not that's going to amount, amount to better. anything. It's not going to amount to anything. <laughs> Those are the two guys you pick. <laughs> that's that's a little better, but not much better. Mac, Mac you told Collins me to highlight guys catches. that I like. You told me to highlight
0: Matt. Hollins had three catches for 41 yards for the Falcons on four targets. Him. Why don't we highlight him instead of We're not Kyle Frickin' Pitts? Ryan – Try to do better than that.
2: <laughs> well, I've got a couple of easy ones, guys. I expected to have good seasons and, and both got off to good starts. These are, neither of these guys are secrets, but I mean, Calvin Ridley was super impressive, oh, obviously. Um, you got me on that one. <laughs> the, uh, the worry there, I would say on um, the, the, uh, the, the yen to, to his yang is uh, Christian Kirk. Not, not good. Not good news for Christian Kirk um, who looks like he's, going to be living in the slot. And uh, if they've only got two wide receivers on the field, he won't be one of them. Uh, Brandon Ayuk obviously had a huge game. I think we'll see. I mean, we kind of know what to expect with that 49ers offense. There's going to be Debo games and Kittle games. uh, But uh, Sunday was was an Ayuk game, and so that was good to see. A couple of rookies that we maybe could have snuck into the rookie report earlier who were both impressive. Sam Laporta on Mm, the Thursday night game caught all five of his targets for 39 yards, a little, I don't know, maybe a little under the radar there uh, because he didn't, didn't score, didn't put up huge yardage numbers. Uh, And then, I don't know. What do you guys think? We talked about the Tennessee offense with, with Tannehill and, uh, and Burks and those guys, but I mean, Tajay Spears sees more opportunity, more work than Derek Henry. Like what? what is happening and what do we do from here? Well, that's a weird one, especially because the game flow would have
0: suggested that right. coaching staff would be handing, handing the big guy, the ball over and over. And and we continued to see uh, kind of go the other way. Ty J Spears was on the field quite a bit. He, he only had three carries and he broke that one run. That was a pretty nice, I think it was like 16 yards or something like that. Yep um, showed that quickness and that elusiveness that we're, we're so that burst that we're so excited about. It's clear at this point that Henry probably isn't going to see those 25, 28 carry games that it just wasn't that kind of game. And, and it could have been because it was a one score game throughout. Maybe if the Titans score a touchdown earlier in the season, earlier in that game, uh, Henry gets more work, but maybe if they hand it to Henry a little bit more, they score a touchdown early in that game. What? That was- frustrating when
1: you're when you're when you're Tennessee and you're starting to try and hand Tannehill a quarterback who cannot throw cannot cannot be accurate down the field why are you not giving Derrick Henry like eight targets on those screen plays the one where he carried it for 46 yards like if you can't get him going on the ground get him going in, in the passing game it just it's really it's just I don't know I, I don't know what to do with this situation like the entire team I just feel it boils down to Tannehill and he's holding them back
0: I got a couple quarterbacks that I wanted to highlight. First, Brock Purdy. He is in command of that offense in San Francisco. You mentioned Ayuk there, Ryan, who was great and had the eight yeah. catches and and the two scores went over 100 yards. Debo just five for 55. He didn't get into the end zone, but Purdy was just, just throwing darts out there. And he's so accurate. And he, he has a he has an uncanny feel for pressure and when to move up in the pocket or to flush out of the pocket. That's helped him so much. He's not super athletic, but he he's athletic enough to make those types of plays 19 for 29, 220 yards in those two touchdowns. Honestly, it could have been a bigger game, but they called off the dogs. They were up 30 to seven in the fourth quarter and that McCaffrey touchdown Man, if they're going to get that kind of production out of McCaffrey, which they should, uh, Purdy's going to have a lot of time back there to make plays off of play action. The other quarterback, you all know I'm a Packer fan, Jordan Love. It wasn't perfect, 15 for 27, but three touchdowns, added 12 rushing yards. He missed a couple throws. I know, Matt. There were a couple that he could have got. But he also – I think Luke Musgrave cost him a long touchdown by, like, slowing down and he yeah. looked like he was going to turn and try to leap for it. And he misjudged that ball. He almost mis- misjudged another one that he caught at the five yard line and, and stumbled down. Love showed me enough here that he needs to move up dynasty rankings. And I know it's the bears and that bears defense isn't that good, but they spent a lot of money in the middle of the field and, and love didn't have any of his targets. He had Dobbs in, at part-time. Um, but he spread the ball around he was accurate and he looked pretty good guys. Uh, wow. Well, what are your thoughts of Jordan Love, Ryan, at this point?
2: Well, I've I've been buying in, not as much as you have, but uh, I've been buying into uh, the idea of that offense being different in a good way and Jordan Love being good enough uh, to to gain some value, to move up into that high-end quarterback two range. And, and that's still what I see. I'm not ready to move him uh, above the rookies, above Deshaun Watson, But when you're comparing him to those older veterans, Kirk cousins and, and the guys like that, I think, I think he certainly belongs ahead of that group now. Uh, So we're talking about a, you know, maybe quarterback 16 range, 15, 16 in in dynasty rankings is is probably where I would uh, put him right now. And, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do when, when Watson's back hopefully the Aaron Jones injury is not a serious one uh, i want i want to see that team at full strength especially with all those young guys you know if we fast forward to to mid season and see uh, Luke Musgrave uh kind of breaking out and, and uh, getting used to things that that could be a fun team
0: Matt you want to try to make up for your two awful picks Come on, Matt. You <laughs> you're it. not going
2: li- to. You're you probably not going to like this one
1: either. But I want to go back to New Orleans. R- Rashid Shahid. I wish I had started him. Oh, yeah. a couple of Leagues today, eighty nine yards and a touchdown. Uh, looked good on those on those uh, six targets. Five out of the six targets he caught on that, that long forty one yarder. Even Michael Thomas looked pretty good today. Five for sixty one. On, on eight targets as long as he can remain healthy. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, like, go out and try to start Derek Carr every single week, but these this trio of Olave, Shahid, and Thomas, uh, not to mention the tight end Juwan Johnson who got in there as well uh, into the box score today, like, this is a kind of a fun passing offense uh, outside of the quarterback now.
0: Well, I was actually going to say that Carr Carr made some impressive plays. And he I know he made, made that boneheaded headed interception, yeah. but he went over 300 yards. He distributed the ball well, got Olave going in the second half particularly yeah. after that injury. Uh that was kind of scary, but Olave comes back, ends up eight for 112. They got him. The, it was almost like that team as a whole decided Oh, wait, we got Chris Alave. We have to use him because he could do something with the ball after the catch. Unlike old man, Michael Thomas, who catches it and falls down. He can get separation, but he's not getting you anything <laughs> else after that. Uh, anything else before we get out of here, Ryan? Um, uh,
2: No, I don't think so. You mentioned it. Oh, well, yes. You mentioned it earlier. Patience, especially with the young players. Yeah. Uh, Be patient with, with those guys. Don't make any uh, any drastic moves when it comes to those rookies or, or the players, um, you know, new new to their position, new to their team, new to whatever it might be. Uh, I want to see a couple weeks of these guys.
0: Yeah, that that could probably be the same thing for some of those veterans that we talked about, particularly Lamar, uh, Dallas Goddard, Teague Higgins, even Drake London
1: in his a- second year.
0: There's going to be better days for those guys, man.
1: How, how about DJ Moore? Are we practicing patience with him and his two targets on 37 Justin Fields pass attempts?
0: Well, I got to say, and this includes you guys. I wasn't going to bring this up, but since he said his name, <laughs> anybody who's ranking Justin Fields as a top six dynasty quarterback should not be anymore. He he can't do it. He's, he's not going to be an NFL quarterback if he continues to do that. Those screens that he threw were awful. He, he got bailed out multiple times on Sunday against the Packers, he looked lost at times. And if not for his rushing ability, he wouldn't be on the field. And that he's just not going to be able to hold that job. If he continues to do that, if you continue to value him like a top six dynasty quarterback, you are buying into him, not getting better, but drastically better as a passer. Like, like probably the biggest turnaround in NFL history as a passer. That's what he has to do for him to be a top six quarterback and i just don't know like better than josh allen he has to make that kind of turnaround and josh allen was way better than than justin fields is at this point don't value him like if i had justin fields i would sell him in a heartbeat even on a contender he's not going to be the, a starting cornerback in the nfl unless he he makes a drastic change
2: do you want fields or tua
0: right now give me tua give me tua I would I, like you can get a and a future first in a super flex right now for Justin Fields. Probably. Yeah. Well, you definitely could yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, with that, we're going to leave you guys. I uh, didn't mean to stand on the soapbox, but I won't have to do it again, at least about Fields anytime soon. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast.